Alrighty, welcome to a bonus episode of the Lutheran Cartographer. You haven't gone crazy, it hasn't fast-forwarded to Tuesday already. This is a bonus episode for you today. Very excited to continue my conversation with Aaron Nielsen of Lutheran BNB. He's the founder and CEO of that site, which is a place where Lutherans can get lodging. So today is a bonus episode, a further conversation with him specifically about Lutheran BNB and his thoughts around how that got started and all that good stuff. So I'm very excited to bring Aaron back. Aaron, good to have you back. Hey, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. So for those listeners that haven't already heard the episode with Aaron, just his general, hey, this is Fort Wayne, I encourage you to go back and listen to that, but you don't have to have that context to listen to this. Today we're going to be talking about Lutheran B&B. If you want to hear more about Fort Wayne, go to Aaron's episode at lutherancartographer.com slash 15. So Aaron, for those that uh, don't know you yet, give us a brief introduction of who you are and a little bit about how you came to be the founder and CEO of Lutheran B&B. Yeah, so my name is Aaron Nielsen, and I am the husband to my lovely wife, Kezia Nielsen, and our four young boys, Clarence, Anders, Lewis, and Boaz, and we just learned a few weeks ago we have a fifth one on the way, so we're super excited about that. Uh, we are congratulations. Su- thank you so much. We're, we're ecstatic, and we're uh, eagerly shopping at 10 passenger vans to fit all of our, our large family, so <laughs> but we are... Um, We just moved here to Fort Wayne, actually just before the new year, and so we're still relatively new to Fort Wayne, but I grew up here. I was born and and baptized at Concordia Lutheran Church, and then we moved to St. Louis when I was 12, and that's where the whole Lutheran B&B saga gets started. Okay, so bring us along on this saga. Last time we heard about an epic road trip, please tell us... Tell that story again and tell tell us why that led to Lutheran B&B. Absolutely. So we went on vacation to Wisconsin, and we did so because the LCMS's Synod Convention was there that year. And my wife's father is a missionary in the Philippines, and he had to be there for work. And we thought, all right, we got to go see him because we haven't seen him in six months to a year. I can't remember it. And so we were like, but we're not going to spend the whole day or the whole week there, we're going to you know, go around and we're going to travel some things. So we planned this whole road trip where we'd spend a couple of days in Milwaukee. And we were staying at this Airbnb, uh, which is just you know, micro-leasing website, uh, in Mequon, Wisconsin. And that's where the Concordia University, Wisconsin is, for those who don't know. And just outside there, there was uh, an Airbnb that we stayed at. And the owner happened to be Lutheran. Now, she was ELCA Lutheran, and, and this is just a sort of a weird conjunction of worlds. So we were staying at this ELCA Lutheran's house about a couple of miles from Concordia University, Wisconsin, of the LCMS, and across the street from the Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, which is also there in Mequon, Wisconsin, or it might be Thionsville or something like that. But, um, you know, all right there, uh, just this massive conglomeration of Lutheran culture. And this woman is just uh, fantastic. And every night we would sit in her living room and we would just talk and we'd play this game of, oh, do you know this person? Do you know this person? And, you know, it turns out that I knew her her son, who is a LCMS pastor. I don't think I knew him well, uh, but, I, but I knew who he was and I knew roughly where he was. He, I think he was here in Indiana at the time. From there, uh, we went up 
and and we stayed uh, just south of Door County, and we went all the way up the Pinky there in Wisconsin, and then went over to Green Bay, and then we went over to see where my grandma grew up uh, in north central Wisconsin in Granton, which is where uh, Richard Hillert grew up, uh, and he's famous for um, This is the Feast uh, in Divine Service too, which uh, many of you will probably sing again in Easter. And uh, and then from there we went to Minnesota, and then back down to Iowa, and then back finally back home to back home to uh, St. Louis. And that first time when we just got to sit and talk with that woman and we had such this common heritage and culture that we could talk with each other, it was really neat. And that stuck with us the rest of the trip. And I was talking to my wife and my mother-in-law and telling her them about this. And my mother-in-law says, you know what? Someone ought to start Lutheran B&B. And I was like, Absolutely. My wife even said, Aaron, this is our thing. We're going to do this. We're going to start Lutheran B&B. So I bought the URL for like a dollar, and I started a Facebook group and page and, and just told all of my friends about it. And by the end of the first day, we had 300 people posting pictures of their house saying, hey, I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. Come stay with me. I'm in Wisconsin. I'm in California. Come stay with me. By the end of that first week, I had a friend of mine. I was in his wedding. He was in my wedding. So we're real good friends. And he said, hey, I've got some money. I want to put some money into this. I think this could be a really big thing. Uh, let's talk about that. And so he and I ever since then have been 50-50 partners in this, and we've been working on it ever since. And it was easier when we were at the same church, but we're figuring out how to do it eight mile, 800, uh, not 800, eight hours apart. <laughs> Fantastic. So I unfortunately have not yet had the pleasure of staying uh, at one of your listings. I've, I've signed up for the website and I'm looking forward to to staying with my first uh, host at some point soon, I hope. And uh, I actually, I first came across your website uh, at the, I think it was the 2016 or the 2017 issues conference when you guys were there. That's uh, where I saw you. Okay. I was like, your face is so familiar. I know I've met you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Issues. Uh, yeah. It was the issues conference. And uh, for those listeners that haven't gone, I, I personally would highly recommend it. It's an excellent place to meet like-minded Lutherans and hear some excellent lectures. Would you give a similar plug, Aaron? Oh, absolutely. I'm actually really sad. I had the benefit when I worked for the Synod of running their booth because it almost always was after all sorts of other conferences. And so they had one person uh they needed one person to run the booth, and I was always like, yes, I'm going to go. So I, I love it. But I'm not, I don't get to do that anymore. But fantastic oh, conference to go to. Yeah. Are you planning to be there in Chicago this year? Well, with with the baby coming, um, oh, I have course, very yeah. limited vacation time to use. So probably not this year, but hopefully in the future we'll, we'll be back there. And um, it was a great opportunity for Lutheran B&B as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, I'd like to hear some stories from you. What uh, kind of things have you heard from your users in terms of wonderful experiences they've had or funny stories from the the field? Yeah. Well, one one thing that, that has been a real shining light for it, and this is exactly what we wanted, and you're big into this too, uh, Lutherans getting to know each other and what it's like in different places. It seems like every place that my family and I have stayed, and this seems to be fairly common among other people, you become friends with the people you stay with. And, you know, you can <laughs> you can call upon them later. In fact, I have stayed at one, one woman's house here in Fort Wayne, I think, three times now. 
and you know I just call her up and one time it was kind of a last minute thing and it was like right after Thanksgiving and she was like oh yeah you guys are like family you know we'll just we'll just let you in no problem you know and and so you you just you get to know the people so well and uh, although I do want to make just as an aside here that's not a requirement you don't technically have to be there if you're not a people person but you do want to help Lutherans you don't have to make friends with the people you host but it I don't know I think it makes it a lot of fun. Uh, so that's been such a such a common thing, and you know we've um, one of the people I've uh, one of the people that uh, we stayed with in a Lutheran B and B. You know, I was recently asked to be their uh, daughter's godfather, and we just went to that. And unfortunately, this ended my three and a half years of not having to use a hotel. I had to use a hotel for this because they were my Lutheran B and B in that small town of a hundred people. So. <laughs> So, uh, so that was the one downside. But you know, just you become very close with people, and and that's been such a light. One thing that was cool at that issues etc. conference that we went to, and this was before they moved it up to Chicago. They were still down in Southern Illinois in Collinsville. Mm-hmm. There was a woman from up in your neck of the woods in Oregon, who came and stayed with a family not too far from the issues etc. conference, and she did that instead of the hotel. And she was sitting there talking in their living room one night, and she looked up at their walls, and she said, tell me about these banners that you have there. These are really neat. And they said, oh, yeah, so these are baptismal banners, and we, we make them, and we put you know a verse on there. And then if they, when they get confirmed, we put their verse on there. And she said, you have more children than you have banners. And she said, yeah, we haven't gotten around to making one for the, for the new one. And so on her way home from the conference the next day, she went to the craft store, got supplies, and helped them make a banner for their for their kid, you know, this baptismal banner. And it was just, you know, you wouldn't do that at a hotel or, you know, at, a, at an Airbnb where you don't have something in common with the person. But here was a, you know, a common touch point, a common culture, and she thought that was really great. And then she brought this practice of doing baptismal banners back to her church, and now apparently they're doing that for all the new baptized kids, you know. And so, you know, this is something she learned on a, on a Lutheran B&B. I'm looking forward to, I haven't heard it yet, I'm looking forward to the first Lutheran B&B wedding where a couple of families met on vacation and, you know, their kids just fell in love and they got married a year or so later. It's going to happen. haven't had it yet, but... All right. So then all those families with older children, you need to start staying with Lutheran B&B so Aaron can have his first... Lutheran B&B wedding, right? Absolutely. Yep. And I don't expect an invitation. Pictures are, will suffice, but <laughs> I might send a gift. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm curious. Tell us, our listeners, a little bit. Pull the curtain back a little bit for our listeners. What's it like doing a startup, uh, doing a new website? What was the process like? How did that shake out for you? Did you hire out the programming, or how did you do it? We've done a little bit of everything, to be perfectly honest. So I mentioned when we first started, I bought the URL uh, at namecheap.com or something like that. And so, uh, and and so then what I did was I then I did a free Mailchimp account, mm-hmm. and I kind of I built a form, and I was able to figure out how to go into like the DNS registration and to just have LutheranBnB.com forward to this Mailchimp form. And I just started collecting data, and this is probably I don't know illegal. I don't know. Uh, we're all above board now. We are, we are eurozone compliant and everything. So you know we've we've moved on from the, these humble days. But I was just collecting, and at the time I was collecting name, email address, city and state, and then home church because I 
my original thought was it was going to be LCMS only, and and I also kind of wanted it to be like confessional LCMS churches only. We've decided to sort of broaden it out there and. You know, we want people to have all the information that they need. So if they want to stay at a particular type of, of Lutheran's house, they can. But, you know, you're, you're going to have kind of the whole gamut of, of Lutherans on there. Um, but that brought with it some additional challenges because of the legal uh, framework that we, we live in today. Um, some people may see that as discrimination. And so we actually, um, we went and consulted with the Lutheran Legal League, which I think they refer to themselves as L3, and they are a network of Lutheran lawyers all over the country, and I think it's a kind of a voluntary listing. If you want to be part of their league, you just say, hey, I'm a Lutheran lawyer, I'd like to be part of this list, and then, the I don't know, they do some sort of checking and whatnot, but the guy who runs it's a great guy, good confessional Lutheran uh, in Florida there, and he was able to refer us to a Lutheran lawyer near us, and he helped us to write like a whole constitution and terms of, of use and agreement and whatnot. And he assured us, he says, oh, no, that right now is fantastic. And the way you have things set up is fantastic. You guys are technically a social media network. And we were like, um, how does that work? Because we don't have like a wall or anything like that. He says, no, no, no. He says this Uber is a social media network. All they do is connect people. They just happen to connect people who have cars with people who need a ride. And so you guys are connecting people who have houses with people who would like to stay in those houses. And he says this this defense is holding up in court right now. It's been challenged several times and it's been and it's held up. So you guys can do whatever you want as long as you're classified as a social media network. So you know for now that's where we are and that's kind of interesting. But we do have, um, you know, you, I do highly recommend uh, if if you're doing something like this that. You know, is even touching the toe into what someone could call discrimination. Get that legal, get that legal background uh, and help. It's it's been invaluable. Um, we haven't had anything challenged yet, thanks be to God. Uh, but uh, I'm confident we have the protection that we need should that happen. So so that's really good. But uh, you know, so for a while we were just running on this basic Mailchimp list that I was collecting information on, and we were doing most of the things on Facebook. And for the longest time, I was doing everything pretty much manually and all by myself. I was, you know, going on Canva.com and making uh, graphic slides to share on Facebook, and I was messaging people and sending email. You know, I was going to the, um, you know, the synod locators, you know, on Wells and LCMS and ELS, and you know, emailing the pastors and, you know, just saying, hey, I don't know if this is appropriate, but you know, some of them came back and said, no, this is terribly not appropriate, and so I, you know, I. I didn't reach out to them again, but you know, there were some that were like, Oh, totally. You know, do you have a flyer? I'll put it in the bulletin or I'll, you know, hang it up on the bulletin board or, you know, or that sort of thing. So, um, so we got a lot of growth that way, a lot of word of mouth, uh, which is invaluable marketing. Um, we just, you, you grow super fast that way. Um, and, uh, don't underestimate the uh, all of the free traffic sources. Like I said, word of mouth. Um, Facebook is still a great uh, avenue. Um, Twitter's good, but it but it involves a lot more. You have to get involved and get involved in discussions with people, and I just didn't have the time for that. Whereas Lutheran or with Facebook, uh, you didn't have to do quite as much with that. Um, you know, we tried like Google. Uh, was it Google Plus or whatever? That's pretty much dead. <laughs> 
but uh, you know, yeah. you, we kind of dipped our toe in a lot of things. We did some with Instagram, and Instagram is really interesting because you get a lot of interaction with your with your audience, but they it doesn't convert well. Um, and so people will you know reshare your your Instagram post over and over and over again. And nobody, and still nobody knows who you are, but they liked your post or something like that. Um, I see. So, so engagement is high, but conversion is low with Instagram. That's what, what I found. found. Now it might be different in different industries because, like you know, our product is somewhat intangible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, perhaps if we were like selling a you know phone or something like that, it might be might be a little bit different. But I found it to be uh, more interactive, but didn't convert well. So that was that was just for that. Um, but then I was doing a lot of, um, manually pairing people up. So someone would come into the Facebook group and they would say, Hey, I'm going to Seattle, Washington. Does anybody know anybody there? And I would just be like, all right, who do I know there? Oh, I know pastor Reese. Uh, uh, he's nearby. Uh, maybe he knows someone in that circuit. I'm going to email him and I tag him, you know, and that was how I was, how I was doing it. And the success rate was surprisingly high. Um, if I didn't have the ability to connect on Facebook, a lot of times I'd email the pastor and, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes pastors are like, oh, this is way inappropriate. And other times they were like, oh yeah, definitely. We'll help, help people there. And, and I think the pastors that appreciated it, they were sort of like, they're coming for a weekend. I'm a pastor. Okay. I'm going to have a visitor that weekend. You know, they're going to come to communion and hear God's (laughs) word. Um, and so, you know, that was a, that was a real good source of, of growth, um, most most of the people that have um, that have used it that way, and you know, you know, one of the things we envisioned was you could, you know, find your congregation to go to while you're on vacation, while you find your place to stay, you know, so you can kind of do it all in one one tab, and so you know, it's nice to see when that when that works out, but eventually, just the demand went went way way up. I mean, we've had. I don't know, probably close to a thousand, uh, um, a thousand like completed uh, bookings over the last three or four years, and so you know, imagine if I had to do all of those myself, that would <laughs> that would not be a fun task. <laughs> it got got pretty overwhelming. So, um, so we we knew we needed to get from just having this manual mailing list that I had um, to an actual website, and so that's where Nathan came in really handy. He came in with some money. And we were able to use that to develop a website. And at first, we started building it ourselves, and we got something pretty workable. And and that was comforting to people because they were like, "Okay, this is sticking around. I, you know, I I feel comfortable uh, going in here and putting in my information." And um, and so from there, we wanted to kind of step it up a notch and. Um, we so we invested quite a bit into a, a much better looking website, and that's, um, the website that we have now is the product of that. And um, it, it I, I think it's easy to use, uh, much easier to use than than our first website that we built by ourselves. Neither of us are computer uh, engineers or web developers or anything like that, but you know we use computers all the time, so you know we we made it work out. But hiring out some help uh, was really good. And I forget which site we used to find this developer, but um, he was in Romania, I think he was, and he was uh, Romanian Orthodox or something like that. And so that actually worked out really well because we wanted to launch like around the new year. And while we were having Christmas, he had nothing going on because the Orthodox do Epiphany. And so he was working on it all through Christmas. And since we were both off work at the time, we were able to work with him and that worked out really well. And, um, 
and so that was that was kind of fun. Um, and we had tried for a while doing, you know, one of the hardest things with any business, especially one with intangibles like this, is you know having kind of a solid revenue stream. And um, we haven't quite figured that out yet, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so for a while we had we had tried doing like a hosting fee or a booking fee. So uh, if someone stayed at your place and they paid through the website, then we'd take a percentage of that. And it was we tried to keep it lower than what Airbnb did, um, because we were you know a smaller website with less to offer. But we also wanted to you know reward our hosts for for trusting us, and that yeah. worked out okay. But it ended up making the whole process a lot more complicated, and a lot less friendly. Um, we ended up you know you you didn't have quite the it was too transactional. You didn't quite have the same sort of communication before and after the trip that you did before when it was just like, hey, can I stay with you? And so we ended up pulling off the online payment processing. And now we just encourage people to, you know, if you want to be paid by cash or check or, or PayPal, you know, uh, do that, um, figure figure that out on the side. And then, you know, we, we try to tell people if you've used us, if you found us, uh, found us useful. Consider what you would have spent at a hotel because we tend to be cheaper, and then send a portion of that, or perhaps send the difference, or something like that, just so that we can help more people do that sort of a thing. Um, and you know that's been going okay. You know we're we're floating. Uh, we're not burning too too much. Um, and that's one thing when you're starting a business, you do want to keep your burn rate low, um, especially if you have limited cash reserves. Uh, keep your burn rate low. Uh, ramp things up slowly. Don't do more than you do. You know, Southwest Airlines is a good good example of this. They started as just a Texas regional airport, and they said, "All right, we're going to add five cities. We're going to add ten cities." You know, and then each year they just grow incrementally until now they're this powerhouse that, you know, bought over all these regionals. And um, you know, that's whatever business you're in. That's a, that's a good model to go with. Absolutely. So if people are interested in supporting you, they can go ahead and give directly at lutheranbnb.com slash give. And uh, I'd encourage you to do that if this sounds like something you're interested in supporting. And again, you don't need to give to sign up for an account. Definitely go do that on uh, lutheranbnb.com. But if you are interested in supporting him, it's uh, lutheranbnb.com slash give. And links to that will be on the show notes for our bonus episode today. So I want to ask you, I definitely want to encourage all our listeners who have any interest in starting a business or adding value to their community by starting something that serves their neighbor. Take a moment, Aaron, and speak directly to our would-be entrepreneurs or would-be founders, what would you say to them in terms of your advice or your encouragement to just do it? Absolutely. Well, I when I first started this, I actually had a great conversation with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller, uh, who you might know through Table Talk Radio, and he's on uh, he's got a show on KFUO. And yeah, he's a great guy. He's also been a guest on this show. Oh, fantastic! I'll have to go back and listen to his episode. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I I just I gave him a call and I was you know I said you're an you're a uh, creative guy. You do all sorts of stuff. I mean, do you have some advice for this? Uh, can I get some advertising on your show? Like how much would that cost or whatever? And he, he was a fantastic resource. So if you're doing a Lutheran themed, uh, doing a Lutheran themed business, like I, I seem to always do, um, talk to him because, uh, he's not only great to talk to, but, uh, but also, you know, he'll give you a free plug on, on his various shows, uh, (laughs) the ones that he's allowed to, but he had said that, 
it's it's really neat um, seeing how modern Lutherans um, are are really taking Luther's doctrine of vocation and and just running with it. Um, you know, so in the Middle Ages, you had this idea of you know that the holy vocations were you know going and being a priest or being a monk or a nun or that sort of a thing. But but Luther really was like. You know, no, it's, you know, changing a baby's diaper is more holy than all the works of the nuns and monks all combined. And and so, you know, when someone would come to him and be like, hey, I've got this I've got this uh, um, fish business that I do. Uh, how should I do it? And Luther would say to him, he says, he says, all right, uh, do you sell the best fish for a good and reasonable price? And he says, yeah, he says, great. You're being a good Lutheran fish salesman. And, and it's great to really think that way. Um, think about the talents that you have, the things that you're passionate about. For me, it's connecting with Lutherans and getting to know their culture and helping people to travel. I love traveling and um, helping people be Lutheran and be proudly Lutheran. And, and so I saw these opportunities to do that, um, you know, and I didn't have to go to seminary to, you know, to be proud to be Lutheran. You can be Lutheran as a layman. And... Um, and so, you know, if you have an idea uh, and you think that it provides value to your community, go and see if you can do it. And, you know, you don't have to – don't start with the name or the website or that sort of a thing. Just do it. You know, if you're making uh, benches, make a couple of really good benches, put up an ad on Craigslist and see if anyone's going to buy them. And if you get both of them to sell pretty quickly, maybe raise the price and make a few more and see what you can do. You know, I was um, I was taught. There's another great um, Lutheran-owned business in. Um, they're based in Laramie, Wyoming, called On the Hook Fish and Chips, and they're a food truck company. And a couple of guys they met, a couple of Lutheran guys they met in college, and they started making fish and chips. And they were like going to perfect this sauce recipe and fish recipe, and they did it. And then they bought a food truck, and now they're in like 15 states, and they're you know multi-million dollar business that started in a college dorm room with a couple of Lutherans and they just, you know, they just did it. Um, you don't have to start with something big in order to get started. Just, you know, if you have an idea, try it out and see if anybody's interested in it. And then you get, you know, a year or so down the road and it wasn't all that successful, but you had fun. You learned something from it. Don't be afraid to close up shop. Don't, don't fall into the sunk cost fallacy. And that's so much easier if you don't sink a whole lot of cost into doing it, okay. if you start if you start small and just do it, uh, you know you can be really creative and try something really neat and cool. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about how you got over that hump of the uh, some uh, maybe you experienced this. Some entrepreneurs experience kind of the the fear of getting started. So how did you go from that conversation? of, oh, we should do Lutheran B&B to actually, like, oh, I'm doing it now. Yeah, well, it, 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 we, were, we were helped by a very quick and rapid rise to success uh, with, with Lutheran B&B. And, um, you know, it, 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 by the end of the first day, we had 300 people. So I didn't really have a whole lot of time to get from, I don't know what to do, you know, and that, that imposter syndrome to, Okay, this is what we're doing. You know, it just all happened so quickly, and then now we're actually we're getting to that point where we're winding down the quick ramp up. Uh, you know, you have kind of an S curve where you go up, and then it kind of levels off for a bit, but there's still some steady growth. And figuring out how to do business in in that area is is very tough, uh, but doable. And so, you know, what I would recommend is 
just just go out there and do that. If you have a product or a service that you're excited to offer, but you're a little bit scared that nobody's going to to do it, I mean, just do what I did. You know, create a Facebook page and just share it with all of your friends and just see what they think, and um, and just you know see where it goes from there and hope for the best. And uh, and then don't be too hurt if it doesn't work out. I've had several other businesses that I've worked on on the side since then because. Uh, Lutheran B and B has actually been, you know, was that one that kind of broke the dam loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been listening to the Entrepreneurial Cop podcast for years up at, up till that point. I was like, I've got to figure out, you know, what's my thing, you know, what's my one thing, you know, and uh, it turned out Lutheran B and B was that thing. So, cool. All right. So as we start winding out down this. Uh, episode of more about Lutheran B&B. Take a moment to talk to our listeners about what you would like them to take away from our conversation today. The first thing I want people to take away is that there are Lutherans currently on all seven continents, um, which is which is pretty amazing to think of. And actually, uh, there are probably more Lutherans in Africa and Asia than there are in the United States and in Europe. And that's a pretty amazing thing to think about. And as we go forward uh, in the world, um, just just to think about how that switches things with our Lutheran culture, it just it just changes everything. But the second thing I want people want people to really think about is don't don't be afraid uh, of your faith. Um, yes, the world is. It's dark. Uh, it seems to be growing darker, but it's every generation since Christ ascended into heaven has thought that this is the worst generation that's ever been. And here we are. We're still here. And um, just be unabashedly Lutheran. Um, you love the faith. You can share that with other people, and you don't have to be pushy about it. Just be who you are. And in uh, the ways that you can, the ways that God has gifted you to do, whether that's maybe you're a great cook. Um, I went to culinary school, by the way, so it's part of why I uh, mentioned that. Uh, but, you know, or maybe you're a musician or maybe you're, you know, you're just really good at, you know, changing diapers or whatever. You know, serve your family. Be proud to be Lutheran and and do what it is that you do. And whatever you do, do it well and be proud of it um, because there is there are very few non-God-pleasing vocations. Uh, most of them, if you do them with the with the love of Christ and with the best of your ability, they're going to be uh, very God pleasing. Well put. All right, so I would encourage everyone to check out LutheranBNB.com and register there. And if you'd like, start hosting. I hope to see many of you while I'm out on the road. Uh, Aaron, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to plug or point our listeners to beyond? LutheranBNB.com. Um, yeah, I had mentioned this in the other episode. Um, one of the businesses that I was uh, eager to start up, but it ended up being a bit too much for me to handle. And so we're sadly winding that down, but it was Luthcrate, a Lutheran subscription box. But I do have some inventory left. Um, we do have uh, a complete set of our Saints cards, which is a, a picture of the Saints from the LCMS Sanctoral calendar. And then on the back, you have a description or a story about them and a little bit of prayer. And you can get a PDF electronic copy of that for $15, and I'll send that to you via email, um, or I'll send you a, a, 
half page size of each one uh, on cardstock and I'll uh, send that to you for $25 and um, our website's gone at this point but you can go to Luth Crate at Facebook uh, for information about how to order those uh, just send us a message there and we'll get that to you but but other than that uh, uh, that's all I have to plug for right now all right sounds good thanks again for coming on the show and I hope to see all of you out in on lutheranbnb.com thanks again Aaron Thank you. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of The Lutheran Cartographer. If you'd like to get links to the things that Aaron mentioned today, I encourage you to check out the show notes page. A little different than usual since this is a bonus episode. I'm going to send you to lutherancartographer.com slash bnb. That's lutherancartographer.com slash b as in Barnabas, n as in Nicholas, and b as in Barnabas. We'll be back on Tuesday with a regular episode. Make sure you don't miss it by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. And I'm curious what you think about the bonus episode. If you'd reach out to me on Twitter, that's usually the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm at NWCartography. So I hope to hear from you there. And until next time, as always, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.